Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Today I'm welcoming Jim Littleton, and Jim is a hope-filled, inspirational, national speaker, radio host, producer of Forming Faithful Families, which is a video and TV series, and hold on to your hats, he's the father of 19 children. He is also a survivor of chronic limp Sorry, uh, chronic lymphocytic, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly, lymphocytic? Yes, lymphocytic. Chronic lymphocytic leukemia, and he's going to share what he learned on that journey, and also his book called Healed Through Cancer. He is definitely someone who never, ever gave up hope. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Carol. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Now... Um, First of all, I want to ask you, if you are naturally a positive, hopeful type of person, or is this something that you had to learn after your cancer diagnosis? Well, I attribute um, any virtues that I have really to the help of God. And I think, um, you know, like anybody, I can be up and I can be down. But uh, once I uh, turn to God, turn to my Lord Jesus for strength, he always gives me strength. He always gives me grace. And I and and I'm full of hope, so I'm I'm just grateful for my faith, uh, which is a gift that helped me to get through the experience and helps me to work to help others. But were you always that way, or is this something that you you know that you began yeah. to realize that you needed to draw from that strength you needed to draw from when you got the diagnosis? Well, I think that I was probably overall hopeful, not always hopeful, but I think I've grown tremendously in ways I never would have had I not gone through the adversities that I have. And so you're taking that negative experience and have turned it into something positive in your life. Yes, I have. Thanks and be to God. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks be to God I have. And did you, when you were going through this journey, mm-hmm. did you feel alone or did you get support? Like how did that uh, all work out? Well, of course, um, I have a large family. Um, we have a, a very large uh, number of extended friends and uh, family as well. So there were just so many people when I was going through uh, my cancer leukemia experience, praying for me and my family, helping us by dropping off meals. We would find you know, checks in the mail and, and gift cards and so on. And uh, yeah, it was just... Uh, uh, um, so yeah, repeat the question because I just you had a lot of support, tons of support. Yes, yeah. 
That's basically what I, what I was asking. Like, did you feel alone? Because sometimes when people get these kind of diagnoses, they they feel very much alone and they don't have that support. Well, and- I had that my family uh, uh, was the main support for me. Of course, my wife and my children. For example, when I had my uh, stem cell bone marrow transplant, I was in the hospital for 28 days and my wife Kathleen stayed with me uh, through 24-7. During that process, she went home uh twice uh, for a short time to be with the family, the rest of the family. We had our adult children chipping in to watch the younger children. So I was never alone. Although when, when in the midst of uh, severe illness, severe uh, adversity, I think there are times, at least for me, I think for many that even though they have a lot of support, they may feel lonely and abandoned at times. And, uh, uh, but that, was always passing for me because I always had my faith and turned to God. And of course I had just, uh, I was blessed to have a very loving and supporting fam- su- supportive family that not everyone has. Right. So when you receive the diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, talk to me about that moment, uh, fear and how did you deal with it? Or did you have an assurance that you were going to be okay right from the beginning? Like what, mm-hmm. what happened initially? Well, firstly, uh, just briefly, I was uh, kind of the picture of health mo- my whole life. I was very athletic, run, run marathons, uh, black belt in Kenpo, would always be running and jogging and doing calisthenics and playing sports and so on, and uh, would generally not go to the doctor unless I needed antibiotics or such. So uh, I was having some uh, symptoms, night sweats, just feeling really exhausted, wasn't able to sleep. I had a very hoarse uh, voice and sore throat. And so finally uh, found a doctor and went to see her and uh, she ran some blood tests, of course, and she called me right back in. And that was October 19, 2009. She said, well, I'm giving you a provisional diagnosis of leukemia. Uh, And that diagnosis just went from bad to worse because I found out that it was very advanced it was um, because I had a 17P chromosome deletion. It was very aggressive and going to be almost impossible to treat. Um, and uh, right away, I ended up in the hospital with double pneumonia within 10 days of my diagnosis, fighting wow. for my, one of one of many times I had, you know, I was in the hospital fighting for my life with various complications and uh, infections and side effects and such from chemotherapy. But um, back to your original question. I just put it in God's hands. Um, I mean, it was it was definitely uh, a surprise. It was something of a shock. But um, what I do have been blessed to do in my life is just turn to God and and know that He's going to bring the greatest good out of it. None of us are going to live forever. But I, I certainly hoped that I was going to survive, and I prayed for that grace of that was uh, was God's will. And so many people pray, prayed for me. And I think if I dig deep, I think I did have really a sense that I was going to survive. Uh, right. Sur- that's not, what I was looking for. I not, figured that. <laughs> not, not infallible. Definitely not infallible. And it's, it's amazing, too, because so many, everything pointed to me not surviving, you know, mm-hmm. o- over what turned out to be a, uh, a battle that lasted for years. So during those moments, um, did you have scripture verses? Like when you said you turned to God, were you, were you standing on, on the word of God and using scripture? Were you just, yeah. okay? Yeah, I was constantly, uh, well, I, I'm a daily mass attendee. I'm Catholic and, uh, I don't think I 
really ever, but maybe a few days, missed receiving Holy Communion. I would attend Mass. Matter of fact, the first thing the doctor told me when I was diagnosed, he says, you have to stay away from crowds um, because that's dangerous for because of your immune system. And especially don't go to church because there's so many germs there. I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to church. What is plan B? <laughs> so he, said, he said, well, you sit in the back. Well, to this day, I still have a reduced immune system, and I, I sit in the back, but, but I go to church. But I happen to be just greatly in love with Scripture. I've been reading, and now I teach it nationally and internationally, but I've been digging into uh scripture just about every day of my life for the last 25 years and i just love it and i know that god is speaking to me and uh personally i i believe the bible was written not for everyone collectively not for the world collectively yes in one sense it was but it's a personal love letter to me it's a personal love letter to you because god is infinite he can do that (laughs) mysteriously it speaks to me in my circumstances and just lifts me up. There was just so many graces I received from that. Well, that is called the rhema of the word, which is the the personal word written to you. Instead of just the the entire word, which is the logos word, but the rhema is when something specifically speaks to your heart, speaks to your spirit, and it's yours and yours alone. (laughs) Right, right. Um, so let's see, I thought of a couple things as you, as you were, uh, sharing there. Um, how did you deal with, or maybe you already answered this, but basically I know that there had to be those moments when you reached a bottom, when you reached a low and you possibly got another, um, prognosis that was not favorable. Um, did you immediately, uh, go to the positive? Did you immediately go to God, or did you have your moments where you you just didn't know what to do, or or possibly had self pity? Yeah. Well, let me let me put it this way: it, I did at times feel very low. Um, at there was a time that I would I, I would describe as having a dark night, and more than once. Um, I don't know if, if anyone has listened or read Saint John of the Cross, but I had uh, the dark night. It's a sense of just being alone, being uh, abandoned by God, that uh, perhaps God doesn't exist, that uh, my sins were were just overwhelming and so on. But thanks be to God, uh, I believe that faith is something that can be acted upon with the will. To trust in God is an act of the will. So I was able to, even though at times I felt that way, I felt in, that I was in the deepest darkness and confusion. I would turn to God and say, I have faith in you, God. I have faith in you, Lord Jesus, that you are there for me, that you've got my back, that you are going to see the greatest possible good here. And I believe and I and I trust in you. So it, that wasn't always in the emotions, nor is it necessarily meant to be. And I have to believe that you know, our faith is tested uh, in that way and that uh, when we pray what, at times of darkness, there's it's even a greater thing. It's easy to pray when everything is going well and you feel like, you know, you're in deep communion with the Lord. That's right. I, th- I <laughs> thought you were going to continue. Sorry. Well, yeah. I don't want to manipulate the entire. No, you are supposed to. This is about okay. you. <laughs> um, 
so how so that affected your faith but it really didn't that's true it, it, it was uh, a momentary my thing my faith was always there but the emotions see uh in the spiritual life what god will do sometimes is he'll draw us closer to him and just imagine you go from a dark room into the brightest imaginable sunshine, a thousand times greater than the normal sun. What will happen to your eyes? You, you'll be blinded. Right. You, you're in you're in in darkness, but yet you're closer. You're closer to God. So that's just part of sometimes the experience of being purified, of being uh, being uh, drawn closer to the Lord. And your family is is all in agreement with you. I mean, you have uh, 19 children. So tell me about that. Well, we have 19 children right now. They're uh, 29 down to nine. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So uh, 12 of them are daughters, and two are sons. That means makes me and my sons like the Blessed Virgin Mary, blessed among many women. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's just a great thing. It's a great, greatest blessing. As a matter of fact, my wife, we were so blessed that when my wife was expecting number 19, um, our eldest was 19. So do the math there. But 14 are living, five, five in heaven. Okay. And um, they're wonderful kids, right? <laughs> they actually are. Sometimes I say in spite of me, but they are. <laughs> And tell me about your your uh, TV series. Your your video is it a video series or a uh, forming faithful families? What's that about? Well, it's actually both uh, video series and it's also running on television. About nine different networks and stations around the country that are listed on our website. Mostly Catholic stations. I think there's one uh, one secular station as well. But this kind of uh, well, I, I got into radio after some time, uh, maybe about three years ago, and then uh, at one point we decided to put some of our uh, teachings, our, our reflections on video, and the people down at St. Joseph Evangelization Network in St. Louis said, hey, we can we can do this in such a way that we can offer it to television stations as well. I said, sure. So it's something that we, did, we really didn't plan. It just kind of happened, but I think it was a beautiful thing where it was uh, God's providence. So our, our ministry is all about um, strengthening families and individuals in the faith. And uh, so we, we talk about many different things. There's a ton of scripture in it. Uh, we talk about uh, living by a hierarchy of values and starting with putting God first, then your spouse, then your children, then your work. And after that, your service work and apostolate. Although we can do all these things, there has to be a proper balance and a hierarchy of what's most important in our lives. And we talk about mercy and uh, forgiveness and uh, uh, scripture passages like the prodigal son and the road to Emmaus, applying them to, to ourselves and, and the viewer. Um, we talk about whether God exists and why we know that he does. And uh, um, we, we talk about the awe of life. We, you probably heard the term respect life before, but we talk about awe of life, because we not only respect life, we're in awe of it. Uh, we talk about the majesty of motherhood and um, the Eucharist and uh, the Blessed Mother Mary, and and, and we really uh, give a lot of uh, a lot of uh, reflection on marriage. So, what kind of person would listen to your show? Like, what is your audience? Who are you drawing to your 
to your show? Is it just basically everybody or Catholics or well, people of families that are looking for help? Or what is what is your, your thrust to the audience that you I want to say, get? Yeah, really all, all the above. Um, we we talk about universal truths. So I, it's definitely from a uh, Catholic uh, perspective, but I think that, you know, anyone of goodwill and bad will, like myself, I started out with very bad will, can, can um, get a lot out of. And, uh, but what I really imagine when I'm doing radio and, and television and, and writing various articles and books and so on, what I'm imagining as my audience is one person. I'm always speaking to one individual across the desk from me. Okay. And I'm imagining imagining this person as a broken person, um, hungry for God's love, maybe confused about whether whether God loves him or her or not. And I just want to lift that person up and say, "Don't be afraid. Your heavenly Father has your back." You are his beloved child, and everything that God is doing, he's doing out of love for you as an individual, and trust him, he'll never let you down. So, uh, yeah, I'm there to console fellow broken sinners struggling with adversity in their lives, and that's many of the people out there around us. Now, did this did this happen after um, your cancer experience, or was this something you were doing through it? Well, I was uh, doing similar things to a degree, to a large degree, before uh, the cancer. But I have to say that from the time, after the time of my diagnosis with leukemia in October of 2009, I have never accomplished, by the grace of God, through God's work, all my fruit fruitfulness comes from God. My wife and I have never accomplished so much as we have since the uh, leukemia diagnosis, which is, you know, 180 degrees reverse the way of the way the world would expect things to go. Right. With God, it's almost expected. That's how he works through, you know, just uh, marvelous ways, surprising ways. And uh, it kind of helps to show that he's the one who's really behind all the work. Have you been diagnosed as, as cancer-free now? I was uh, told that I was totally cancer-free on November 1st, 2011, which is, happens to be All Saints Day, a major feast in, in the Catholic Church. So I've been cancer-free since then, although I have a, just recently a few uh, uh, pretty common skin cancers on my scalp that, that we just had removed. So I'm not – thus far, I – I feel like that's kind of a walk in the park, God, God willing, <laughs> compared to what I went through. It's all, it's all relative, right? Yeah, yeah. I would have been a lot more upset about that had I not been through what I've Exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, that, that's amazing. So tell me about your book. Now, Healed Through Cancer is an interesting title, so explain yeah. that and tell me about it. Well, I should also say that I wrote the book during the height of my illness. Okay. Not because I decided, hey, you know, this would be a great idea. Why don't I write a book? But I, I really believe I was compelled by God to write it. And when I sat down, when I was given the inspiration, actually all of the chapter titles poured out of me immediately. I, I couldn't write fast enough. And, mm. and I kind of had the book all at once. But, of course, we're human. And 
I had to use my body and my fingers to type and my my mind to flesh it all out. But um, at times I would, you know, be receiving chemotherapy. I would be very sick, running a high fever. I would get up from my easy chair and go over and work as long as I could, maybe a half hour, hour, and then go back to my, you know, back to rest and just, you know, just plugged away, not knowing if the book would be finished, not knowing if I would survive to finish it or see it published. But in God's, uh, thanks be to God, it was finished and it was published as well. So, yeah. And it's on Amazon, I'm assuming? It's on Amazon. You can get through our website. You can, it's out there in the distribution system. So you could ask any, um, any bookstore to get it. They may very well not have it in stock, but they can order it for the reader. And what is your audience for your book? It's the same as I mentioned before, really just imagining someone. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you who my audience is not. It's not someone who has everything together, not a worry in the world. Okay. In a sense, it's not. It is for that person, but they may not be ready for, for it. But someone who's dealing with some sort of adversity, who's maybe hungry. Well, we're all, we all have an innate hunger for God. And, and, and I'm there to tell people about where they can have that hunger filled. And uh, I use my, of course, my cancer journey as a you know, point of reference in, in writing the book, but it's really, um, really a lot about the spiritual life and just dealing with adversity. And I think the human spirit as well. That's excellent. Now, I'm assuming that this is, this is what's driving you. This is your passion. Yeah, it's 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 so much a passion now. It's just uh, <laughs> every day I have uh, like another to do list from the Lord, and you know the more I pray, the more and I do pray a lot, the more to do lists I get. And but I, I'm grateful for that because I knowing myself, I, I you know we think we'll be happy if we're all caught up. We have nothing to do. We're in retirement, playing golf, waiting to die, whatever. <laughs> but in fact, you know we have a mission, and when we had, when God shows us what that mission is and he gives it to us, we may not be the most talented person in the world for it, but he'll give us what we need to accomplish it. And I'm just on fire every day to, you know, get to work and do another radio broadcast or write another article or start working on my next talk or, or whatever the case may be. It's just, and it's just, it keeps me out of trouble, you might say. So Doing, what's, what's your future long-term? What are you looking at? Well, first of all, my future is to live one day at a time. That's all we have. We don't have, I mean, yesterday, there's nothing we can, much we can do about that. That's right. And tomorrow, we don't have guaranteed. So every day to get up and do the best that I can. And right now, that's, you know, my, my faith comes first, God, uh, my prayer and sacramental life, and then my wife, and then my children. And then I have to work and provide for my family. And after that, I have the ministry. And just to you know, use my time as effectively as I, as I can. Not that I don't have downtime too. I do. We all need it. But uh, just to be busy with the things that God wants me to do. And I would love to do some more television. And I think there'll be more opportunities to do that if God preserves my health. There seems to be a lot of interest with some television networks. Or like with this one, we could produce another of our, of our own and distribute it, which is what we did in this case. Is there another book in you? Well, we'll see about that. But right now, also, we're, we're we just launched a syndicated radio program. We're actually looking for stations and networks to pick it up. It's there. It's free. 
Uh, it's a half-hour show uh, program every week, and we thus far just got one taker. It's on in, but it's kind of neat. It's on in London, England. So uh, I come on amidst between all the beautiful British accents. <laughs> <laughs> and is it going to be the same type of show that you have? Right, very much the same. But I think I'm, I'm getting a little bit more and more spontaneous and just working, you know, in the Holy Spirit. I'm just amazed sometimes, like, where did that all that come from? You know, when I, when I get well, off. You look back, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what is your call to action today to the listeners? Okay. Well, be not afraid. God is with you, and and you are His beloved. Um. If you have, you know, if you're dealing with adversity, you're dealing with illness, um, live in the moment, live, live today. We're all living and we're all dying and only God knows when, when our lives are going to come to an end. So see the, you know, the cup half full, be joyful, lift others up, serve, serve in your life. The more we serve, the more we give, the more we receive. That's right. It's, it's like the opposite of the way we would naturally see things or the world would see it, but it's just so true because God is just pouring his strength and his grace and his reserve energies into us as it's flowing out one way, it's coming in, you know, the other way. So uh, that's really the the road to happiness. And um, I I would encourage everyone to have a, you know, uh, a a strong spiritual life. It's it's important. It's going to really help you as well to be happy in this life as well as, into eternity. Uh, I want you and everyone to know that you are your merciful, loving father's beloved child, and you are safe in his hands. It, it's a mystery, but he is perfectly in control of everything while not interfering with our free will, With, but he is, he is masterfully uh, bringing great good out of everything, and amazingly, yes, even our adversity, even crosses. Um, great good come out of that. And one example would just be from my own, you know, cancer journey and the books and the radio programs and the, and the, and so many people person to person as well that we've been able to help in their lives and their adversity. Well, very often when we, when we speak encouragement to others, we are in, in essence, encouraging ourselves. And that's what you're doing because every time that you that you lift someone else up, every time that you are sharing your story, every time you're encouraging and helping somebody else, you're hearing that, and that is ministering to you as well. Yeah, and so true. it comes back; it's reciprocal, you know. And and um, that's exactly what you're doing because helping other people, just as you said, it comes back full circle. That is so true, and I actually thought about it. I didn't say it as eloquently as you just did, but I've thought about that recently. I need to get on the radio, you know, regularly and so on, and do my radio program, pouring out hope for others, because that's true. I am preaching to myself, yeah, and it's helping me tremendously. Well, you're hearing it, too, because when we speak it out loud, it's just affirming it, even more so than even just thinking about it. Yeah. You know, when we say it out loud, whether we're talking to someone else or, or the mirror, you know, basically we are affirming it because we're hearing it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, it's exciting. Yeah. Because you build yourself up that way. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very good. So you have um, your book, which, again, is Healed Through Cancer. And we have your TV series, your radio series called Forming Faithful Families, correct? Yeah, and the video series, the TV series is also available by video, and it has a 
a small group uh, uh, study guide as well, discussion. Okay. Yeah. And this can all be found on your website. Correct. Right. And also it'll be on mine because I'll be I'll be putting all this information for our listeners online where they can, you know, see all your links, et cetera. So that'll be excellent. And um, is there anything else that you just want to share? Just anything, a story or anything else that you would like to just share with the listeners? Maybe as you were talking, you thought of something that you might want to share. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, let's just just take one one day at a time and. I do want to say that my wife, Kathleen, and I love to speak, so we're happy to come anywhere in the country, even the world, to come and speak to okay. groups that will, will have us. And I also want to say that whatever you're going through, nothing happens outside of God's will. And slow down. Take it. Um, don't rush through life. For example, I was taking a walk when I was sick with my beautiful daughter, Bridie, age five at the time. And as we're going, she's stopping and looking at every little bug on the side, <laughs> every little flower commenting on it. and you know, spending a couple minutes at each little bug she finds. And I'm thinking to myself, we got to get moving. We got to get this, this walk done. You know, that's how men think. And, and then it struck me, wait a minute. This is the stuff of life. This that's is right. a beautiful moment. Don't miss it. So that's a beautiful example of how, you know, our adversities, our illnesses can really knock us off our horse and, you know, give us a bump on the head and we wake up and we see things for the way they really really are in God's eyes. Well, basically, I think what we're doing is changing our focus. Yeah. Because if we're focused on the negative, that's all we're going to see. Mm-hmm. But when we take that time and focus on the positive and focus on, you know, the good and focus on what's in front of us and what we can be thankful for and grateful for, it totally changes the way we're, we're thinking and looking at a situation. Do you agree? I do. And by and just quickly, too, there's a beautiful passage we can all fall back on. First Corinthians 10, 13, the trials you have had to bear are no more than people normally have. You can trust God not to let you be tried beyond your strength. And with any trial, he will give you a way out of it and the strength to bear it. I know sometimes we think, God, you made a mistake in my, <laughs> you know, but he hasn't. He really hasn't. and He's with you every step of the way. That is a wonderful um, passage to to um, end on. I appreciate that. You've said a lot in a nutshell, and I know that people are going to be interested in uh, hearing more of your your passion, your uh, your desire to help, your encouragement, your inspiration, and your story. Because with like you said, out of out of all that pain and all that suffering came a new life and new opportunities that anyone can have because God it does order our steps and he knows the tomorrows and he knows what we're going through now and he also knows our past and in spite of that he still loves us yeah yeah <laughs> right that's so, so th- go ahead no that's so true yeah he loves you no matter what you've done where you've been you know how late into the game you think you are you know he came to make all things new and, he, and our God is a God of mercy. So, Thank you so much, Jim. I yeah. really appreciate uh, what you shared today. And we will be definitely following you and looking for more good things from you. Sure. So, again, I thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Carol. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. 
Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.